Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Three, two. Welcome in. We've got SEC Championship Football. What are the dogs going to do? How do they match up with the tie? We're going to talk about that right here on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. <laughs> Welcome in. It is another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Thank you for joining us. But joining me is my main man, Israel Troop. What's going on? Good, man. I always forget how good our intro sounds, man. I'm over here just they're nodding my head. And you know, I'm, yeah, like, I'm, I'm expecting a verse to drop after a while, you know. But, um, you know, shout out to, to the young man from your class that actually made the beat for us. I always say that. But, you know, you can't give that young man enough props. Oh, absolutely not. And he'd be stoked to know that, that this thing has been viewed a bunch. <laughs> so uh, I, I reminded him that we had a we had a really hot February and March last year um, for whatever reason. Not sure why, but we, we were really hot dur- during those two months. I think we got like 20 something thousand views that over the course of those of the span of those two months. So but uh, we got a lot to talk about, man. It's uh, it's SEC Championship Week, but we are presented by yeah. BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all of your sports wagering needs. If you want to bet it, they have it at BetOnline.ag. That's including casino games. Uh, so if you want live props, live odds, futures, whatever it is, BetOnline.ag is your source. So head on to the website today, BetOnline.ag, and enter the promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to get your to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag it's where the game starts. So, man, SEC championship, Georgia's rolling. Uh, got through a got through a, a squeaked through a tough one um, last weekend. Had a lot of injuries. Didn't really quite play as well as we could have or should have. Uh, Buster Faulkner was in his bag. I mean, there was a lot of things that you could say about that game. Um, but nonetheless, we are ready for the SEC championship. But let's look back for just one second, Israel. What's your what like when you were watching that game last week? What was your biggest takeaways as far as the defensive side of the ball? Because I know we're going to have a similar issue this week with the running quarterback. Uh, one thing I saw, you know, is one thing that's been on Achilles Hill all year. You know, things that get outside the tackle box um, for us. You know, um, contain the edge. Um, you know just basically contain running, you know, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's running back, um, breaking outside, just things like that. I feel like we don't have enough people. But at the same time, which, you know, I thought I know people were up in arms about, you know, us giving up so many yards to Georgia Tech. But, you know, people forget that Buster Faulkner was on our staff last year. You know, he's mm-hmm. seen every last one of those players. You know, he's, you know, called, you know, the offense against our defense um, in some sort of capacity. You know, so he knew what to attack. And at the same time, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, him and Kirby had a conversation. It was like, hey, I want you to throw the kitchen sink at us, you know, because we need to see it. Because yeah. you're basically going to see the exact same offense, exact same deal 
against Alabama. You know, uh, Jalen Miro is is a a very good uh, quarterback, whether he's in the pocket, whether he escapes the pocket, you know, with his legs and everything like that. You know, basically you're tackling a running back that can throw the ball, you know, 70 yards on Saturday. So, you know, you got to – we've just got to, you know, tighten up those things. I think the coverage um, aspect of it has been, well, you know, Alabama doesn't have those weapons, you know, a plethora of weapons like they normally have. You know, you're usually seeing like the Waddles and, and the uh, Smiths, those guys, um, mm-hmm. all on the same team. You know, but, you know, they got one really, really dangerous guy, you know, that you hear about all the time, uh, make the game-winning catch against Auburn, you know. So just one of those deals to where, you know, you just got to tighten some things up, you know, outside the box, you know, making sure we have guys, you know, in certain places that can come up and make a tackle. Yeah, I mean, it, it's everything was created off of those off-tackle edge runs, perimeter runs, things like that. They weren't doing much in, in, in the way of RPO, I, I think, except for that seam pop RPO, which really worked well for mm-hmm. him. I was kind of impressed with that. But, I mean, we we did – I thought overall we we played really well defensively. I mean, second half we, we pretty much uh, shut them out for the most part. And they didn't get much running up the middle, which is good. I, I think we were finally solid in the in the center of the, uh, the defense. But the, the C gaps especially – gave us fits. So I'm wondering what Alabama is going to do to kind of attack that area. Now, I, I don't think Tommy Reese is as good of an offensive coordinator as Buster Falker. And you could say that maybe I'm biased because that's my cousin, but <laughs> I, I, I no little disclaimer. Yeah. A little, little, so you need to take whatever I'm saying about this with a grain of salt because Reese was a, a semifinalist for the Broyles award. But um, you know, I, I just think that, Buster really gets in a rit- like if you watch Tech all year, like mm-hmm. I-, I hated that he went to Tech because I had to watch George Tech football. But um, they he would get in a rhythm a lot of games. Like oh, yeah. he, this, this was the way a lot of his games went. Like he would just get in a rhythm and just start just start going back and forth. Like one of the more impressive games that they had was that North Carolina game where they it was a night game. They won at home. I mean, they just he was just dialing up perfect perfect opportunities, perfect play calls, things like that. Um, and it just had it just had a really good bead on on what North Carolina was doing. I don't think Tommy Reese is quite that talented because I, I don't I think he's a little bit more scripted, which mm-hmm. my philosophy on this, my offense coordinator philosophy is I'm less scripted. I I try to get a feel for the game. I, I might have a few things like I might have like five plays scripted down that that I need to call. And a lot of times, by the time I get to the third one, I'm I'm usually tossing it, and for the rest mm-hmm. of the game, I don't even I don't even have a script in my hand. I'm just just going right. I'm just getting the flow of the game and just you know trying to create a little bit of organized chaos, which oh, yeah. looks know, like a, chaos on their end. I'm a script guy, you know. I'm a I'm a, I'm a guy that you know I really don't watch the game per se. Um, you know, because by the time I call the first play, the next play is already in my head. I got a run play and a pass play in my head already, um, you know, just depending on the situation, you know. But, you know, I do come off script more times than not. You know, if I feel like zone's working that day, I'll call it five times in a row. It doesn't bother me, you know, just until they stop it. You know, then I'll go to the next play. You know, it's just one of those deals to where once you get comfortable in the game, especially as a play caller, I mean, even as a defense coordinator, once you start to feel it, I mean, there's nothing anybody can do. You know what right. I mean? There, there's not a defense that can stop it. You know, there's not a, you know, a play that the offense can call that, you know, you can't stop, you know, it's just that confidence that you get, 
you know, during the course of the game. And I feel like Buster Faulkner got that, you know, not been, you know, he's been around our defense, so he knows exactly where, where they're going to be, you know, the calls and the checks to everything that he does. You know, he basically did the exact opposite of what, you know, we were in places, we were in the right places, you know, but he, you know, leaking the tight end up the scene, you know, they're running counter. And guess what? I mean, he just leaks the, <laughs> we got counter. If he gives the ball to the back, I mean, it's a loss, but guess what? Show it, flash it to the back, hit him down the scene. You know, just things like that, that, you know, one Georgia wasn't expecting and people don't, don't understand, you know, it's Georgia Tech, yeah, but at the same time, it's still a rivalry, it's still a rivalry game. You know, that's probably the mm-hmm. most people that Georgia Tech's had in that stadium all year. You know, and they were loud and they were proud. Um, and I think Georgia Tech's on the right on the right path, honestly. You know, but I think Georgia, you know, they needed that. They needed to, you know, I would, it's not even getting exposed. I think they just need to see those wrinkles, you know, to get ready for what they're about to see. Because, you know, you're going to get some 21 personnel, you know, from Alabama. You know, you're going to mm-hmm. get some, a lot of 20 personnel. Um, you know, and those guys got to be able to come down. You know, this is the SEC. And anybody can get beat any any day. You know, not not only that, not only is the championship on the line, but the playoff spots on the line too. Absolutely, and and going back to what you said about Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech being good, like I to me, I I truly believe that Georgia Tech being good is great for Georgia and great for this rivalry because it adds another big game atmosphere, and it's good. Mm-hmm. It's just as good for Tech for them to be good as it is for Georgia, for Georgia Tech to be good, right? And Georgia yeah, Tech needs us to be good. Tech, yeah, this first time Georgia Tech's been competitive since Paul Johnson. The, yeah. the first time that they've been competitive since Paul Johnson. You know, so, yeah. I mean, just seeing that, knowing that this rivalry is now renewed, just makes for a good time. Yeah, it's 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 finally a big game that, like, people can look forward to. It's like, okay, you have Iron Bowl. You have – Red River, you have uh, the Sunflower Showdown, you have the big game, you have Florida, Florida State, the Palmetto Bowl, the Magnolia, the Magnolia Bowl, the Battle for the Boot, you know, all those all those rivalry the games around the Egg Bowl, which is a pretty huge rivalry. Uh, Kentucky Louisville was kind of nasty. Um, the, the Tobacco Road rivalry with Duke and North Carolina. Yep. I mean, you have all of these, uh, I think, Iowa, Iowa State, Sci-Fair, I think that's what it is. Um, but yeah. uh, it's it's uh, you have all these rivalries that are very very intense, and no matter how bad one side is, the rivalry is still just as intense. With the Georgia Georgia Tech clean old fashioned hate rivalry, since Mark Rick took over, that rivalry has plummeted because we've dominated, and Georgia fans especially that rivalry became irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and I think, I think. Came, and yeah. they got us a couple of times, you know, I mean, they beat Kirby Smart's first year. So, I mean, it's, it still means a lot to those guys, you know, no matter what the record is, you know, it's, it's still going to be one of those games. Cause essentially the bragging rights, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the whole entire state, you know? Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's good. I think it gives these guys some, some bit of pride uh, coming coming off a really tough SEC slate. It gives them a game that, well, now playing the way we're playing, competing for SEC championships year in and year out, like it gives us another ramp up game to be like, okay, we've got to ramp, we got to learn how to ramp it up, ramp it up, ramp it up, ramp it up. Like this is playoff mode, 
right? It's going to get yes. us prepared for the 12-team playoff and mm-hmm. get us prepared to be, okay, you have to be week to week and, and, and ramp this thing up. And so them being good gives us every reason to not overlook that. And I think that's Absolutely. good mentally for us. I think it's good to have that. Okay, now we got a rivalry too. It's not It's not just Iron Bowl and the game and the big game, you know, and, and that's it for that weekend. Clean old-fashioned hate's going to be on that map too, right? Absolutely. And, you, like you definitely want to into your locker room after that game. You know, you get a little replica, you know, of the Governor's Cup. You know, you definitely want to be on the winning side of that when you're a senior. I can tell you that. You know, just from experience. Yeah, you go. What was your record against Tech? You were undefeated, weren't you? I was. No, we lost in '08 when they when we, they came back and beat us in Athens. Oh yeah, that's right. I was I was there. I was at that game. It was rainy. It was it was. Yeah, that was a, we were yeah, winning I, really big. Yeah, and then two really good friends, you know, Roddy Jones and Jonathan Dwyer, um, two really good friends of mine at Tech. Um, you know, they kind of. Kind of stuck it to us, and let me hear about it for a whole year. <laughs> oh, yeah, Roddy Jones, man, that, that's the name I forget. He he's uh, he <laughs> he is uh, commentating, which is really yeah, cool, which is really cool. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I like, I like hearing him. Yeah, I like hearing him commentate. He, he's paired with uh, West Durham, right? I want to say yes. You know, he kind of floats around a little bit, just depending on where they're going. Um, but he does a really good job. You know, uh, Jonathan Dwyer coaches down here um, at Kale, back at his hometown uh, where he went to school at. So, you know, a lot of those guys are doing well. Yeah, that's good. It's good to hear. Um, I, I, I liked watching those Paul Johnson teams. I, I could never that's admit good. that at the time, but I, I loved watching those. And a, a guy that I worked for, my, the first offensive coordinator that I worked for when I jumped into coaching, uh, he played for Paul Johnson when, when he was at Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. He was a three-time all American. He was a three-time one double A All American uh, guard. Okay, he was a bad. Got to be really called- good at guard to play Paul Johnson now. Yeah, they called him Bus. Yeah, <laughs> he was. <laughs> called him Bus. Yeah, his name's Mark Williams. He he's he's a freaking. The only bad. other person I named that I know named the Bus was really really good at football. I'm assuming yeah. this guy was really good at football. He was. Uh, when he pulled on trap, dude, it was over. Yeah. He 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 blocked for, and he makes he he jokes around. He's like, yeah, I blocked for the real Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I was about to say he played with Adrian Peterson. Yeah. They, he was on that national championship team, that '99 national championship mm-hmm. team. He's from he's from Albany. Yeah, that's a good Actually. group there. They're bad. Yeah, he played group. at uh he played at Westover. So, That's awesome. A little South Georgia, South Georgia pride for you guys. South Georgia <laughs> flair. Yeah. So no, it's really cool, man. But uh let's let's jump into like this weekend's game, right? Um and and, and Milro, the fourth and thirty-one, like what so all right, flipping flip it over to that. Well, what's like when you saw that, man, like what's going through your mind? There are a lot of things, a lot of things went through my mind when they showed the all 22, like the safety left his guy out to dry, like everybody crammed in between the hashes. Uh, mm-hmm. They rushed two, gave him all day. Like just what, what was going through your mind? Well, first of all, it's fourth and 31, you know, so 
mean, worst case scenario, I think they had to get to like the two yard line for first down, something like that. You know, um, I don't, I don't dislike the call. You know, I think they should have rushed three. You know, but you know, I'm more so if you're gonna play whatever they play, you know, where they playing at the goal line or whatever, you know, you just got to pay attention. I think the the DB just got lost. You can tell he just got lost. Um, if you're gonna guard that guy man to man, then you need to. If he goes to the bathroom, you need to be holding a tissue paper. You know what I mean? Whenever he gets done, you know. So I think the guy just got lost. You know, and you know, you know the miracle that Jordan Hare happens again, just on the other side. You know, so I mean, you hate it. You know, but at the same time, it just shows you the kind of season that Auburn had as well. You know, it's just you're that close, you know, and it just just falls apart. But, you know, they'll, they'll be all right and they'll bounce back. Um, but, you know, just watch them offensively. They just didn't have it. You know, um, Auburn did a really good job of just wreaking havoc all night. You know, just unorganized chaos is what I call it. You know, mm-hmm. Miro uh, missed a couple throws. Um, they did a really good job of containing him for the most part. He had a couple runs here and there. They were very physical with Alabama. I think that's other than Tennessee, other than Texas. I think that's the one thing. Um, I think Ole Miss was pretty physical with them too, but no other team was physical with them like Auburn was. You know, I think Auburn was the most physical with Alabama outside of Texas, and I think that kind of stunned Alabama a little bit. So mm-hmm. for us, you know, offensively and defensively, we just got to be physical. You know, they had yeah. some really good plays offensively. You know, um, moving the football against the defense of Alabama. So I think that's one thing going into this game. I think that's one thing that Kirby Smart probably preached all week is just being physical. You know, Bloody Tuesday was, I'm pretty sure, was extra bloody um, this week um, just, just to be prepared for this game because you got to think after this game, you get a nice little break, you know, before the playoffs start. So, you yeah. know, to kind of get a couple guys healed up, but we got to have all hands on deck for this one. I know we got some injuries um, to worry about, but we've been doing a good uh, job next man up mentality. Yeah. You know, we had Donald, a guy step Donald, up yeah. with um, injuries happening and things like that. So, you know, I'm excited uh, for this group, you know, to – so last year doesn't doesn't even matter. You know, if you lose this game, everything's null and void anyway. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's the mentality they have, and I think that's the approach that, you know, they're taking this week. So I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, you just got – this is probably going to be one of the most physical Alabama-Georgia games we've seen in a while. Yeah, it's gonna be a slugfest. It's it's gonna like one of the games that I remember being really really physical was that 2012 game uh, with Georgia. Yeah, I Alabama. think it's gonna be very similar to that. Yeah, where I I think it's like Auburn showed that Alabama can be run on, which mm-hmm. Auburn to be as one dimensional as they were, and to, and to have the success they were that they were able to have in the run game gives you kind of if you're a Georgia fan gives you hope. Of like, okay, this is how we this is how we can attack and, and wreak havoc on Auburn because Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards, my God, they run freaking hard, especially Milton. Milton is running like running like you just said, hey, if you if you stop, we're gonna we're gonna take football away from you for the rest of your life. Yes. And 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 he's running like a bat out of hell, and I and I love it. Um, and and so. That physical downhill, just it just what I see when I see Kendall Milton run, and I see the offensive line react to him running. It's like that's like juicing them up. Yes, and I and I those guys, I I have to imagine. I can't imagine how fired up those guys get. 
Yeah, I say this all the time. There's nothing more beautiful than watching an offensive line just completely dominate. There's nothing as as a coordinator, as a player. There's nothing more beautiful than watching those five guys absolutely maul people, and they enjoy it and they love it and they say, "Run it again, mm-hmm. do it again." We're gonna do this until keep. you decide that you don't you want to stop it, and then we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, there's nothing more beautiful because, because you're not gonna stop it long term. We're just gonna no. keep. We won a game like that at Hillwood last year, where we somehow got into a mode where we were just just destroying them up front. And we just ran mm-hmm. we honestly we ran the same pl- we ran the same play. Right, left, 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 right, right, left, 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 right, left, right. We just kept yep. running the same play and it just kept gashing them all the way down mm-hmm. the field. Like we ate up the almost the entire third quarter. So just yep. seeing just seeing us being able to dominate. It's a thing of beauty. But, you know, one thing I did see Saturday, too, you know, no matter what happened, um, I think this is this is one thing that is going has helped us this year. You know, there was no panic. You know, mm-hmm. Coach Bobo stayed with the game plan. Um, even when um, – quarterback's name? I just threw a whole blank. Uh, Their quarterback? Haynes King? Our quarterback. Our Carson quarterback. Beck. Why did I just draw a blank? It, it, uh, it happens. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. That happened to me. But uh, even game. after we do the paint, you know, they come right back. You know, next series, first plays a pass. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the coach staff didn't panic. You know, as a play caller, you know, Coach Bubbo didn't panic. You know, it's just one of those deals where, hey, let's just let's do what we do. You know, we've been here before. You know, and I think that's one thing that, you know, Georgia has over Alabama. You know, it's one of those deals to where we've been down in games and there, there's been no panic. You know, and I, don't, and I don't think there will be panic on Saturday either. You know, Alabama's a really good football team. You know, and that, don't let the record fool you or how they've been playing fool you. They, they're they still a really good football team mm-hmm. and very really capable of beating you. So yeah. It's one of those deals where pay attention, man, because <laughs> it's going to be a ride. It's going to be a good one, too. Yeah, it's going to be physical. Like, you, you you have to beat up, obviously, beat up Milrow, knock him down, mm-hmm. knock him around, disrupt his – Disrupt his timing, disrupt his rhythm, because he's still a little shaky in the intermediate mm-hmm. passing game. If you can get him off his spot and get him to have happy feet, you're you're going to be able to have a little bit of success there. Chase McClellan exactly. and the run game got to stuff that. Got to if you stuff the run and you don't let them, you just you play on their side of the ball, blitz, mm-hmm. twist, stunt, play games. But you have like Chase. If Chase McClellan gets, if he gets going, if Justice Haynes gets going, it it gets really really tough. Uh, Isaiah Bond, Kamari Lasser is not going to have any problem with him. Um, I don't think they have any other receivers that really just terrify you like they've had in years past. Mm-hmm. Bond is a really really good player. Yes, um, he is. Obviously, their best receiver, but we've. We've got capable guys. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm mean, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm looking forward to seeing the matchup. You know, um, still UGA versus Alabama. You know, we 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 owe them one in this game now. You know, it's been 2012 when we played them, um, and then there was a the one where um, Jalen Hurts came in and beat us in the SEC championship game. So you know, we haven't really won the SEC championship game against these guys. So I think I think we're due for one. 
yeah, we 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 owe him we owe him this particular game. This is Kirby's revenge game because the last time we lost was to this bunch in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the last loss we've taken. We've won since we have won since we have played twenty nine games and we have won every single one of them. So we owe him we owe him this, and I hope we give him an ass kicking for for uh, for yes. the uh, for the interest. So absolutely. So before we start and before we, you know, get into the next deal, I need everybody to understand me and hear me very, very clearly. Um, this game is going to go back and forth. There are going to be a lot of things, you know, that's going to make you want to throw things at the TV. But we're going to need you to do like the team does and just not panic. All right. When the clock Don't hits fire zero, Bobo every series. Everybody just relax till the clock hits zero. And then after that, you can raise as much hell as you want to. But, you know, for those 60 minutes, Hey, we, we're all together in this now. You know, we we got okay. we know a couple of y'all get out there and just get out of pocket every once in a while. But you know, let's let's stay together in this one. We're, we're going to be all right. Yeah. If there's anything that I've learned from this from this bunch, going back to the uh, start of this win streak, is that uh, they're resilient. They don't panic. Mm-hmm. They stick to the game plan, and they just flat get after you physically. Yes. Yeah. And that's how we won the first one. That's how we won the second one. And now we're going to electrify you and win the third one because this yeah. offense—that—that's this is my segue. You like the segue, don't you? Um, it, you? You get into this offense where we're finally a team. Like I never thought with the way our team's been built the last three years that I would be saying that we are an offensive team that has a really good defense. Like we are mm-hmm. what Ole Miss strives to be. Explosive mm-hmm. offense with a really good with defense with a suffocating defense that will sometimes frustrate you a little bit and bend a lot of times and not break. Um, they're not the dominant defense that was Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and that bunch, but yes. they are also this is probably one of the top defenses in the country still. Yes. Uh, probably not. Probably not the top. I think Iowa has that distinction, but um, they're they're amongst that. They're still in that category. But this is yeah. this offense is simply because of everybody that that we lost. You know, I think, and I think they have, like you said, the bend but don't break defense. You know what I mean? And you know, we still got some heavy hitters on that side, and we still got a lot of guys who. You know, love this game of football. Who love knocking the hell out of people. So I look forward to seeing these guys go out here and, and completely, you know, take over a game. That's what I'm. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for you know that defense against Tennessee from last year. You know, when Tennessee thought they were going to come in and walk the dog on us. You know, um, that that defense. You know, all case and purposes was against a high power TCU offense um, that held them seven points. You know, I'm looking for that team. You know, to just come through. You know, one time, I, like I tell my guys, one time for the one time, you know, and just just completely dominate a football game, you know, along with being explosive on offense. You know, every, every year, you know, you get naysayers. You know, people didn't think Stetson Bennett was the guy. Kid wins two national championships. People didn't think the hire of Bobo was good. I mean, the man is top five finalist for the Brawls Award. You know, Carson Beck, you know, they didn't think he was the guy. I mean, the kid is having a phenomenal year. You know, they were talking about him possibly being in the Heisman race. So, I mean, y'all have been wrong a lot, you know. So, I think it's time for y'all to just, 
you know, drink a beer and calm down. Yeah, the narratives have been the narratives have been hilarious. The na- the the, yeah. the national narratives have been hilarious. Like the SEC's down, we have five teams in the top thirteen. We're down conference. This is the first year that the Pac-12 has been good since but the they, college football playoff started. But are they really good though? From a, from a or, team to team basis, let's say from a team to team basis, this is the first Oregon, time that you got they've Oregon. Been Washington. They've been competitive. I won't say they've been good. They've been competitive. Let me that's, correct myself. That's that's better. Because, I mean, I, I like this Oregon State team, but how good are they really? I love this Arizona team with Jed Fish, but how mm-hmm. good are they really? You know what I mean? They've done well. They've done really well within their conference. Like Arizona was probably one of the worst teams in the country last year. They yeah. That's probably one of the – that that team – that team would get my vote for most improved. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Um, and I, yeah, I, the, this is national narrative is hilarious. Like the pack, they're saying pack 12 is elite. It's not elite. They're better, more competitive, mm-hmm. playing pretty good football. Mm-hmm. But it's SEC is proving like they do year in and year out. You want to run like Kirby Smart said on the Pat McAfee show. If you're talking about a a down SEC, I'll give you, I'll give you Greg Sankey's number, and you can come get you some of this SEC. You you can get you you get you you can get you a schedule full of this SEC, and then tell me how you tell me how you like it. Every game, except for Vanderbilt this year, was difficult. We just made the Vanderbilt game way more difficult than it should say, be. Even Vandy, you know, if you take away, you know, take away a couple of all the stupid stuff that we did, you know, that's it's a blowout. But since we didn't, they made it. They made it real, real tough on us, real scary for a little while there. Yeah, but let's let's not let that let's not let that cloud the fact that Vandy is pretty pathetic this year. But um, <laughs> so a lot of years they're not. A lot of years they're not that way. A lot of years they're not that way. But this year was exceptionally pathetic for them. Um, yeah. I think they quit on Clarkley, and they and the university won't quit on Clarkley. I just I don't understand it. I don't understand what the, like they're they're going to lose their entire team to the transfer portal. Like I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. They lost it's their happening. entire quarterback room. Like they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, their quarterbacks currently playing for the state championship if they're still playing. So there's that. Yeah. Baylor McCauley, yeah. Both quarterbacks, actually. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But something's got to be done up there, I think. That's a different story for a different day. But um, but to say that like you don't get battle tested in the SEC is is ridiculous. Like I in, in the thought of the lose the like if Alabama wins this game, they're gonna be left out. Look at here, man. We have a whole discussion about this. So there are so many scenarios. All right. And, you know, I think Kirk Herbstreet um, said the best, you know, the goal is to put the best team in the playoff. All right. So if Alabama wins, they beat one of the best teams. All right. Now, but you have so many other scenarios if Oregon beats Washington. All right. If Florida State wins, if Texas wins, you know, where do those guys fall? You know, I just like to say I'm glad I'm not the person in that room having to make those decisions if it goes south. 
you know? Yeah. And like I was telling, you know, one of my buddies, I said, as long as we win, I mean, it really doesn't matter who else is in it, you know, for us, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, if you're one of the top four teams, then you just need to win this weekend and then you're fine. Mm-hmm. The only other argument would be a Texas team, but it would be hard I- to take an FSU undefeated team out. But if you put the best four in, I think Texas is one of the best four. Yeah, I think, I think Texas – I think if if Alabama wins, all right, let's say Alabama wins. If Georgia wins, Georgia's going in as number one seed. Michigan would be two. Um, I think if Alabama wins I, I and Texas wins and Oregon wins, I think there's your – there's your oh, including Michigan, there's your four. I, th- I think it's Texas it's and real. Alabama. Like I, I, I think you got to put them both in. I, I, I'm sorry, Florida State. You're no longer one of the four best teams. You finished undefeated. Congratulations. But you lost the biggest piece to your offense, and it showed against Florida. Mm-hmm. And you're just not one of the four best teams. Yeah. I mean, you're That's deserving, true. but like – I, I think we I think it's been well known and well defined now that that they're looking for the four best teams. But are but like Kirk Kirk she said it best. Are they deserving? Absolutely, everybody deserves a cookie every once in a while. But are you the best? And that that's the distinct difference. There's the, the, the deserving, and then there's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I I think Alabama would wipe the floor with them right now. I think Texas. Would wipe the floor with them. Oregon would damn sure wipe the floor of Florida State, and Michigan would absolutely annihilate Florida State right now. Now, if they had Jordan Travis, different story. They're a totally different team, obviously. Rodemaker is good. Shout yeah. out to my man Tate, coach yeah. that young man about Austin. Hey, he got Tate, it done. I'm rooting for Tate Rosenbagger. Old Tate Rosenbagger. Yeah, he took a lick and hopped right back up, man. You know, he had a little glazed look on his eyes, but that kid's yeah. tough, man. He's been like that ever since I've known him. Yeah, he, he he's a tough kid. It's a tough ask to ask him to guide that team. I mean, this just I, I think a full season with uh with Tate Gardenhoser, they're they're probably a pretty good team. But uh you like that the rookie of the year jokes, don't you? I know. I see what you did there. Rosenberger, <laughs> warm up. That's how I envision Mike Gorville telling Tate yeah. to uh, to go warm up. You got to have a higher pitched voice though to do that. Rosenberger, warm up. No, it's, it's still I just got deep. British. I know. I just got British it's all like- of a sudden too. <laughs> Rosenberger, warm up. You're going in. There you go. There you go. And there you have it. So yeah. Um, so before we go, we're gonna go. We're, we're already in overtime a little bit. So why not go a little bit further in overtime? Uh, what about all these coaching changes? Ooh, the coach carousel is. If I'm Mike Elko, I'm pissed. So you think that guy was worth more to me? Yeah. You broke the bank with that guy. I mean, I understand y'all also had to break the bank to pay him, but still, you know, it's kind of a downgrade, you know, on the pay raise. But you know, I think that was a really good hire. Um, I think Indiana just got a really good coach with the guy from JMU. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Signetti. Jeff Levy going to Mississippi State is a I, is a huge hire for those guys. So I, I thought, that, yeah, I thought they. Could, I don't know if they could have done better or not, but it. I don't know. It just it felt weird. You know, I just not. Just, I'm just not completely sold on Jeff Levy. I guess. I'm just not nah, completely bought. I, I'm just not bought in on that. It's the world of you know we we deal with it in, in high school coaching too. It's all about who you know, you know, and mm-hmm. what you've been a part of and things like that. So, um, you know, but hey, you know, I think he'll do a good job. I think they're really excited. Um, I think it was a very good hire simply because I think the kids were happy. You know, as soon as he gets off the plane, I mean, their AD is getting you know mosh pitted, you know, up in the air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they're pretty happy with that hire. You know, so it's going to be going to be interesting to see what Houston does. You know, I heard uh, Cliff Kingsbury is one of the one of the guys and things like that. So you got some hot I, names that are still is, out there. I've heard he is the guy yeah. over there. I heard that too. But if not, you know, you got some offensive coordinator openings that have popped up too. You know, that he can fit kind of right in. You know, just depending on you know the head, what the head coach is looking for. But the whole Petrino going back to Arkansas. Oh boy. Oh boy. That was interesting. That I guess was, they better that was very hmm. Yeah, that, that was yeah. that was odd, to say the least. I thought it was a joke at first until you know it came across a ticker and I was like, Oh, that was for real. Because like not only is it not only did he get in shenanigans while he was there, like he's the type of guy that's gonna stab you in the back. Yeah. You know? Mm. I'm like, what mm. in the hell? Mm. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Baylor's getting some new people in, you know. Coach Miranda's taking back over the defense. You know, I think that's one thing that made Oklahoma so good. Brent Venables took over the defense. Um, so you know, you got a lot of head coaches, you know, kind of going back in their role um that they're used to, you know. So um that's what made college football fun. You know, you know, you you, re, you hate to see anybody get fired because you know everybody has a family, got jobs, and things like that. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see how how everything kind of changes with the SEC going into this new mold um, and all the movement, and things like that. So, twelve team playoff coming up as well. Um, so, you're going to see a lot of teams get a whole lot better. You know, want to play for a whole lot more. You know, you're trying to get in that top twelve. If you, I got to tell my guys all the time. You know, if you get in, there's a chance. You know, all you got to do is get in. You know, after that, it's up yeah. to you. Yeah, but, for sure. You, know, you got to do everything you need to do to get in. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting as we go. Um, there, there's a lot of openings still. There's a lot of uh, assistants, uh, trading places, things like that. Penn State got them. I thought Penn State mm-hmm. made a hell of a hire at, at offensive coordinator. The guy from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not even going to try to say his name. Cod- yeah. Kotlinicki. Coddle, yeah, I messed, I messed that up earlier talking about him. Coddle, <laughs> Nicky, yeah, I've I have no idea how to say his name, but you watch freaking Kansas play. Wow, I mean, this, this, absolutely. What, what the, I I really enjoy what they what they do offensively, and I hate that this guy's going to Penn State because I don't really want to watch Penn State football, but I guess I will because this guy's good. So. We shall um, see. Before we go, you want to make some game picks? What you got? All right. Michigan, Iowa. How do you see that game going? Now, Michigan's 22 and a half point favorites on that. How do you see that game happening? Shaking out. 
Ooh. I don't I'm, think they I'm, win by 22. I think, I, yeah, with the way Iowa plays defense and special teams, I, I would take I the I was going to make that a lot closer. I mean, they won't score, but they also won't let them score. So. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a slugfest. It'll be ugly. It's gonna be like an old school Big Ten matchup. Like it's gonna be like old school Big Ten matchup. Yeah, like like Ron Dane at Wisconsin type matchup. Yes, it's gonna be one of those. Mm-hmm. How do you see Florida State Louisville? It's a that's a pick'em basically. I'm going with Florida State. I think my wife would shoot me if I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also rooting for two of my babies. That's over there, um, Tate and Jaheim. Um, so I'm going to go with Florida State. Okay. Uh, Texas or Oklahoma State? What's the what's the numbers on those? Six and a half, Texas. I'm taking Texas. Okay. But Gundy and that running back over there, Gundy has a chance to do something he's never done, that take down Oklahoma and Texas in the same year and before they leave. So he's he's got to prove that he doesn't you know what to the bed in big games. Like he got he's got to make sure he doesn't get coached thirtyed. Yes, because that could very easily happen. I'm still waiting on the Auburn because I haven't seen it yet. I know it's coming. It's it's got to be here soon. Got to be. Um, it might drop since it's Friday. It could. It could. Now, as as this is airing. Um, happy Friday, by the way. We hope you have a good weekend. Um, later on tonight, Pac-12 championship, Washington, Oregon. I am taking the over in points scored. <laughs> I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take Oregon on the money line. I don't trust yeah, the spread the, at all. What's the spread in that? I think it was at five and a half at one point. Let me let me see. These these spreads move all around, like because of how the how the money's playing on them. Uh, it is Oregon minus nine and a half at this moment. Oregon minus nine and a half. Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking that over. I'm not messing with the spread. Yeah, like how is Oregon with a worse record and lost the head to head earlier? Still- yeah, the over still. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely smashing I'm the over. I'm smashing the over there. <laughs> How about this matchup? New Mexico State and Liberty. That's later on today on CBS Sports. Liberty, 10.5-point favorites. I'm going with Liberty here. Uh, Shout-out to my man, Malcolm Dixon. Um, really good friend of the family. He is the Titans coach over there. So, got to go with the, oh, with the Liberty bunch over there. I, I, I despise that university. Um, so your 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 boy needs to he needs to hop on a different staff there. <laughs> they're they're uh, they reek of of Baylor of old school Baylor of Art Briles Baylor at university. They they had some stuff of their own. I, I have a hard time rooting for Liberty. I'll root for your friend. I'll here here's what I'll say. I hope New Mexico State wipes the floor with Liberty. And that's what I think is going to happen anyway, because Jerry kills a badass. But I hope the tight ends go off. Like I, I yes. hope New Me- I hope New Mexico State wins like forty eight to seventeen, and all seventeen points are scored by tight ends. That's fair. 
Just like that's how I root for Tech. I, was, I said, okay, I don't care if they win or lose. I just hope they score a lot of points. Yeah. You know. I can understand. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time knowing that they allow that stuff to go on and swept it on the rug for so many years. But that's just me. But I hope your boy shows out so he gets a so he gets a role somewhere. A, a major power, a major power five role. So but uh that's gonna do it for us um here. Um we're gonna so in future episodes we're gonna talk about this sport called basketball. And Georgia not sucking at basketball anymore. We've beaten two ACC teams. It's a beautiful Wake thing to watch. And Florida State. And Georgia was down by a lot last night and came back and won. Find so we'll talk about find why. A find a way to find a way. We're, we're going to talk about why they're finding a way to find a way. Mike White in the second season is absolutely dueling. He's killing it at recruiting, too. Have you seen the guys that we've had committed? Absolutely. Just Top saw the big NIL yeah. rush of the day on Twitter. So. Yeah. Top 100 guys? We're getting it figured out, baby. Every sport's dominating. We're, we're, we're going to find a way to play total basketball, like not it's, just launch threes and play a perimeter game, which we did last year. <laughs> we were lacking. We were so we were so just dire need of inside presence. I think we might mm-hmm. we might actually have that. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the basketball team a little bit since it's well it's already that season, but uh, when we get a little further away from the overlap, we'll, we'll start really kind of mm-hmm. honing in on basketball and why basketball is going to be good and why I'm excited for baseball this year. So we'll get into all that. Um, but you need to subscribe. You need to keep it locked right here. You need to tell your friends to come join us. Come join in on the fun. And uh, Israel, I hope you have a hope you have a great weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, I hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Be safe if you're going. Uh, and until next time, Go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.